0: Welcome in, guys. Farzin Vasugan here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone podcast. It is a Monday edition. We very rarely do the Chief Zone on a Monday, but had to hop on live and figured, hey, why not? Let's do a little bit of a podcast here, and we can uh, we can chat it up because we've got some things to get into. Because we officially know who the Chiefs will be playing this weekend in the divisional round. They will be going up against the Buffalo Bills. They will visit the Buffalo Bills and it will be for a spot in the AFC Championship game. So I think a lot of people are going to be tuning into this one. They know what kind of a non-division rivalry, rivalry excuse me, this has turned into, so it is going to be a huge game. A lot of people going to be tuning into this one. I'm very excited about it. I know you guys are as well. Uh, I, I said over the weekend when I was doing my picks for this game, or uh, for this weekend, I should say, I said that the Bills will not only dominate this game, and I don't think they necessarily dominated, uh, and we can get into that a little bit tonight, and more so on Wednesday when we do our preview podcast. Um, but this is the matchup I wanted. Hey listen, I, I know a lot of people uh, were saying wait Farzine, what about what about having a, another game at home? I don't care about that right now. I really don't. I, I, I want to see the chiefs go on the road. Um, and there are also a lot of people outside of Kansas City that want to see the Chiefs go on the road so we are finally going to get that matchup that will happen this Sunday a lot of people have been asking for Patrick Mahomes to get a road game as of like the NFL schedules uh who's playing at home and who doesn't at road uh, or, or playoff games and it's like come on uh Chiefs won a lot of their regular season games so that's why they played a lot of their games at home and there have been some opportunities where they should have gone on the road for an AFC title game but was not the case so uh ultimately um it, it just wasn't um, in the cards for the first 5 years with Mahomes starting and now it's the other way around and this is also going to be the first time since January the 16th 2016 the Chiefs will go on the road for a playoff game uh almost to this exact date uh in fact tomorrow uh in the year uh calendar year 2016 to 2015 season the Chiefs will be going uh on the road the last time they did that was in Foxborough Uh, That was uh, against uh, the Patriots, of course. Uh, They beat the Texans the the same year. The Chiefs snapped that 22-year postseason drought, Uh, started season one and five, beat the Texans 30 to nothing. And then they uh, went on to Foxborough and they lost by one game. So uh, this is um, this is going to be Kansas City's first playoff game on the road. In quite some time, obviously, it's the first one for Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of people mentioned the Tampa Bay game, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55. I know it's not a Super Bowl anyone wants to remember. <laughs> people want that erased from their memories, but you can hardly call that a road game. Yes, the Patriots got to stay at home and the Chiefs had to travel. But, you know, that was obviously back when they had limited capacity at stadium, So it didn't feel like a true home game uh for the um for the bucks in that one so uh this will be kansas city's true first road game in the postseason i suppose statistically speaking it is going to be his first road game so but uh if people want to debate that i'll let you guys debate on that but uh a lot of you guys are coming into the uh to the chat uh on the live stream uh very much appreciated if you guys haven't done so already please subscribe to the podcast if you ever miss any part of the live Podcast, uh, We always uh, archive them on Apple, Spotify, wherever uh, you download and listen to your podcast. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of people here. Um, yeah, Dalton mentioned short week for the Bills. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it, it's almost like they played a Monday night football game. And they play another game on Sunday. I was going to say, if they played on Tuesday, if this was pushed back again because of all the craziness with the weather up there in Buffalo, um, and we have some of that here in Kansas City, we still have some of that right now with the craziness. It is freezing outside. Um, That I would have said, okay, this is kind of a concern for Buffalo. And I would not have been surprised if they actually would try to make some sort of an exception to push one of the divisional round games to Monday, uh, but obviously not going to be the case. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people will mention the uh, the short week for sure. Um, I'll just say this right now. I'm not concerned with the Buffalo Bills in this one. I- I'm really not. Uh, so I already put this out there on X and on Facebook and I'll say it on here right now. When I, when I was watching this game between the Bills and Steelers, and I from the moment that they kicked the ball off, I was watching this game with the assumption the Chiefs are going to play the Bills in Buffalo. I'm watching this game, and Pittsburgh's defense absolutely just all sorts of horrible. They can't tackle, whiffing on a lot of their tackles, um, there was an opportunity. I, I can't remember who the player was. One of the pass rushers had an opportunity to take Allen down to the ground for a sack, completely missed all that. Alan barely moved and the defender whiffed on it. Maybe you guys can remind me who that was. And then, uh, Minica Fitzpatrick, who's one of the best defensive acts in the NFL, one of the more aggressive, hard hitting defensive acts in the NFL completely whiffs, um, on, I, I think it was Dalton Kincaid who scored that last touchdown there. So, uh, and right after that last touchdown of the game uh Nance and Romo coming out of that commercial break after that touchdown they even said the Steelers defense I mean their tackling had been awful um I mean they didn't put it in that exact terms uh like like I just did uh but they made it pretty um pretty clear that this is a uh this is a team uh by the way no that was uh, uh secure uh who had that uh, last touchdown so correction there um uh, but point being is, this is a Buffalo or uh, Pittsburgh defense that struggled tackling in this game. Kansas City does not have that issue. Is Can- I mean, Kansas City's defense, do they have some woes? Have they had their mistakes? Yes, for sure. And someone else was mentioning this, too, uh, in one of the posts in the comment section that Buffalo— Uh, obviously with Josh Allen, he runs the ball a lot, and the Chiefs have to be ready for that, and that is 100% the case. And I'll even go back to the Cincinnati game when the Chiefs were trailing 17-7 against the Bengals. Jake Browning was running the ball a lot more than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, Certainly was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to a lot of people. And what did the Chiefs do? They found a way to adjust. You cannot... (coughs) Excuse me. You cannot... Uh, allow that to happen early on and then make adjustments. I know this chief's defense, the chief's defense has been weird in in, in one little way where they tend to allow offenses to do well early in games, but then they, uh, they find a way to adjust as the game goes on. This is the playoffs. Uh, You can't really allow a lot of room for error in this one. Um, So I, I think when you look at the tackling that to me, is one major difference uh, listen I know the Steelers were banged up and all that stuff Um, I think the Steelers actually made it a very uh, somewhat of a competitive game more than I thought it was going to be I had this being a blowout like I thought there was going to be in the 30s or and 40s for um, for the Bills uh, but they want to win as a win Uh, but look I'm, I'll just say it right now could you imagine if the Chiefs beat the Steelers this exact way and what the narrative would be from people outside of Kansas City, how they play it against a uh, third-string QB. I mean, come on, let's not pretend like that would not be a narrative a lot of Chiefs haters would lean on. But nonetheless, uh, I digress. Another thing about the Chiefs defense that they have that the Steelers don't have, or at least didn't have for tonight, uh, or today rather, whatever you want to call it, uh, the Steelers... Again, I understand they were missing T.J. Watt, but you, you got to go with what you have. I mean, you they, they don't wait for anyone to come back from injuries. The Steelers did not have a pass rush in this game. They did nothing to pressure um uh, uh, to pressure Josh Allen in this one right here. Um, he was sacked twice, uh, but that was I mean they it should have been more. Uh, And I think the sealers had opportunities even just with a couple of guys, even just with their defensive front rushing. But man, uh, they didn't really do anything to rattle Josh Allen in this football game. And I'll even go back and say this, because what did I say going into the Miami Dolphins game? I said, the Miami Dolphins are 1-5 in five this season when Tua gets sacked three or more times. The Chiefs only got two sacks on Tua. Now, they still got a win, a, a very one-sided win. Uh, but they did not pressure Tua and go after him the way I thought they were going to go after him uh, in um, Saturday's game. Now, I think they probably could have gotten away with it because the Dolphins' offense was played a pretty bad game in general. The only time they had anything going was that 53-yard touchdown pass to Tyree Kill in the first half, and then, you know, in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much out of reach and over, uh, that's when the Dolphins really got going. So, obviously, garbage time stats is what I'm referring to. So, prior to garbage time uh, activity, the one thing, the... um, the, the Dolphins had was that 53-yard up. I'm telling you right now, the only two plays that worked in favor of the Dolphins, number one was that touchdown to Tyreek, and number two was the uh, penalty on Jawan Taylor, the block in the back that nullified Rasheed Rice's second touchdown. So when your second best play comes from the opposing team's mistakes, unless you never apologize for another team's mishaps or errors. Uh, you have to capitalize on that. And they did. And they held the Chiefs to a goal after that. So that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but the Chiefs didn't let Miami do a lot. And this is a Miami team that had done a lot of good things. Now, Buffalo obviously beat Miami twice and they handled that Miami offense pretty damn well, just like how the Chiefs have in the two times they played Miami. Um the, the the Chiefs and the Bills, uh getting ready for this, one thing they do have in common coming into this matchup is that they both beat the Dolphins twice. Now, I don't I don't think that's like a huge deal. I'm not saying that's a big narrative going into the game, but I just kind of realized that going into this game here. So we talked about the chiefs defense and how much they differ from the Steelers defense. Number one is uh, the tackling on Kansas city side is way better than, than Pittsburgh's and number two um, pressuring uh, the quarterback. And by the way, I never finished my point about the chiefs getting only two sacks on Tua. The one thing about this chiefs team that I noticed they didn't do a lot of, they did not have a lot of blitz packages in this game. They didn't have, a lot of players in the secondary go after the quarterback. Spags loves to send McDuffie, Reed, um, sometimes even Jalen Watson to go after opposing quarterbacks. And they did not do a lot of that in Saturday's win over the Dolphins. You absolutely must do that in this game. I mean, w- whatever it takes to rattle Josh Allen. And you're going up against a very good a very good Buffalo offensive line. I think um, Nance and Romo mentioned that this is, the, um, this is the offensive line that had played the most snaps together, which is a huge deal. Um, that's always going to be a, a big deal going into a game. Looking at the last time the Chiefs and Bills played, and I'll go to the Chiefs' offense because I know we've been spending a lot of time talking about the Chiefs' defense and how they match up against Buffalo's offense. When you look at the first time these two teams played on December the 10th, um, Obviously, everyone remembers how that ended. But if you guys remember the beginning of that game, the Bills got off to a 14-0 lead. And this is why I'm saying Kansas City's defense can't allow starts like this. Um, They did this a couple of weeks ago against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, they do a great job of making adjustments, but I'm just worried that one of these games and the playoffs are not the best time to afford something like this to to happen. Um, You might be able to make adjustments, but the opposing team will also try to counter those adjustments with different adjustments of their own and try to uh, prevent um, Kansas City from trying to slow them down. Because if the Chiefs defense gets off to a great start, they will take that Buffalo crowd out of it. And listen, I don't know what the forecast is going to be for Buffalo. We'll, we'll talk about that as the week goes on. But if they're snowman, um, they're going to be throwing snow at the Chiefs pass catchers anytime Mahomes tries to throw a pass in the end zone. You may not like it, but that's just the way it works. And yeah, they're going to warn the fans about throwing a flag and all that, but they're not going to actually do that. Um, that's if there's snow. I don't know if there really will be or not. I, I don't know. Maybe the snow that you saw in the seats might still be there for, for the next game. Hopefully not, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see from there. Uh, but again, Allen got off to a really good start uh, against the chiefs. Uh, when these two teams played the first time he had that touchdown pass um, to James cook and, and then Allen ran for another uh, touchdown in the uh, in the first half. So that is um, th- those were the only two touchdowns Josh Allen got against Kansas City. So this is going to be one of those games where the defense does need to get off to a better start. The Chiefs defense has been great all year, no question about it. But the one thing they need to be doing better of is getting off to better starts. More interceptions, more forced turnovers would be nice, um, but they just really haven't had a lot of that. I had a friend of mine text me. He's a big Arizona Cardinals fan, and he said, you guys are for sure getting three interceptions against Josh Allen. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, but I suppose if um, if anyone could let something like that happen, it is Josh Allen, because as much as he's good at scoring, he's also very good at turning the ball over a lot, in these last 2 years a lot of people thought he would improve on that this year that's not been the case yes he did turn into a massive scoring machine as the bills surged um after a very uh weird start to their season and uh what was it they they were, they were like 6 and 6 um before the chiefs and uh before the chiefs and bills played yeah and they've uh, gone on a tear since then so uh i'm uh, i'm very curious to see just how this chiefs team tries to tries to prepare for For Sunday's game. Oh, this is very interesting. Uh, so I am uh, getting a text. <sighs> Dangerously cold wild card game at Arrowhead. This is from KC TV Five. This just came up here. Um, Sixty-nine calls were made to the KC Fire Department. Half were hypothermia. Fifteen taken to the hospital. Three treated for frostbite. Seven treated for hypothermia. I'm wondering if the guy who was like shirtless front row. I mean, hopefully he's doing well. I, a lot of people have been commenting on my post. They're asking, how's that guy doing? We need a well, let's check on him. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're not, we don't really need to get into that. Don't want to look at the rear mirror. We want to look at the, the front looking straight ahead. Uh, okay. Let's go to the offense because we spent a lot of time talking about the chiefs defense and what they need to do in this one, which again, pressure, 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 um, do, do what you've been essentially doing all year long and have a QB spy for crying out loud uh, against Josh Allen. Um, otherwise, what Jake Browning did against the Chiefs running the football early on before the Chiefs made that adjustments, Josh Allen can do way better than that. Uh, whenever Josh Allen has a bad game passing the ball, he tends to run much more and does a good job of that. He did that in the Patriots game. The most recent Patriots game, obviously the first time they lost to the Patriots. But second time around, uh, they got that win, but not a good game passing for him. Uh, So that's something they need to be ready for. And this one, 21 of 30, 203 yards, three touchdowns, um, was that just twice. Now, going over to the Chiefs offense, this is where I think a lot of people have their concerns, a lot of questions there, and that is completely fair here. Let me just put it like this. And I know easier said than done, right? But I will still put it like this. Take care of the damn football. That, I mean, that right there has to be the big key. Be smart with the football. I think what Mahomes did in that phil let's look at that Philadelphia Eagles game on Monday night football. Yes, the Marquise valdez skatling drop. Everyone remembers that. But nobody talks about the two key players for the Chiefs offense, which is Mahomes and Kelsey, and how careless they were with the football. In that game, specifically, uh, what I'm referring to is early on in the game, Mahomes. And I think Kevin Byard deserves some credit because he made a great play on this um, interception here. Um, But he was trying to find Justin Watson for the second time in the game early on in the first half. And Byard made a great play swiping that pass from Mahomes in the end zone. And then in the second half, when the Chiefs had a really good drive going, they get the ball to Kelsey. And I can't remember if they were in the red zone or not exactly, but they were pretty, they were within striking distance. And Kelsey fumbles the football uh, in a time where you could not afford something like that. So to me, you know, taking care of the football is very important. And Kelsey, you know, I know we talk about the wide receivers a lot and a lot of the drops they've committed. Um, Kelsey deserves to be part of that discussion as well. Uh, he has not done the best job taking care of the football this year, so that is something that they need to um, they need to definitely uh, be uh, be ready for. By the way, a lot of you guys are mentioning Rashi Rice. And by the way, I've been saying his name incorrectly, and I think Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star has been the only one to actually say it correctly. So it is Rashi Rice. Uh, I might say Rashi again, so if I do, I apologize, but I'll try to catch myself and and correct that. But it is Rashi Rice. That is how you say it. Like R-A-W, Rashi Rice. Um, But I want you guys are mentioning Rashi Rice. Yeah, obviously he had a monster game against the Dolphins and needs to have another similar game again. Um, offensive tackle play I thought was pretty good yes to Juwan Taylor penalty nullifying the null, nullifying Rice's second touchdown that was um th- that's a killer right there you can't do those kinds of you definitely cannot afford those kinds of penalties against a team like Buffalo and I think that was noted. Uh, during the game when he committed the penalty, I think Jason Garrett was the one saying, you can't. You you don't even need to be doing that because there's no way that defender was even going to catch. I can't remember if it was Justin Houston or who. Uh, There's no way you're even going to catch Rishi Rice, excuse me. You see, I just did it. um, On that play right there. No reason to do it whatsoever, but it is a penalty and it had to be called. But, and I've seen a couple of you guys mention this in the chat already. Not enough people though. Isaiah Pacheco Run the damn ball. Something Kansas City has done a great job doing recently with Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco has been a huge key for Kansas City. He was pretty pretty big in that Raiders game. Yeah, the Chiefs didn't do very well allowing those two defensive scores in seven seconds. Still can't believe that one. But uh, in that game, whenever they had Pacheco before his injury, he played pretty damn well. Um, he played pretty damn well uh, before that, uh, uh, until that in- injury, I should say. Um, and then the following week against the Bengals, Rice uh, did have that big uh, catch-and-run play, but overall, it was Pacheco that really lifted this team and allowed them to score a lot of field. And I know a lot of people love to mention field goals and how the Chiefs have been uh, l- surviving through Harrison Butker. These are the same people that complained about the Chiefs not scoring. So... As far as I'm concerned, the Chiefs have been making improvements in the right direction the past few weeks, including during the playoff. By the way, in the freezing cold, mind you, the Chiefs won twenty-six to seven. But the Chiefs are scoring more, and I'm not. Forget about the Chargers game. Okay, that was a preseason game. And this, uh, whenever you see the Chiefs starters against opposing team starters. Uh, you're seeing the chiefs score more in the 20s that is something the Chiefs have struggled doing um this year. A lot of people have loved bringing that up and the chiefs have been better about that now the important thing about Isaiah Pacheco uh, to mention in this one how did he do the last time um the last time uh, he played against the bills anyone remember that? I'll tell you the stat line zero yards, zero touchdowns, zero touches. Isaiah Pacheco didn't even play in this game. Uh, he was dealing with that shoulder injury, taking care of that, had that surgery cleanup. And ever since he's came back, he's been huge for Kansas city's offense. Uh, they've been playing much better since he got back. So I'm looking at Kansas city right now. And when you look back at that game and we all know how it ended, um, they didn't have Isaiah Pacheco in that game. They're going to have Isaiah Pacheco this week. And let me just read you the running uh, stats real quickly. Uh, Clyde Edwards, 11 runs uh, for 39 yards. Jarek McKinnon, who's not going to be available in this game, four for 19 and a touchdown. Kaderis Toney uh, had two for 16. I think the uh, – no, 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 never mind. I thought uh, – I was about to say, the, the play where Kelsey lateraled it, I think that counts as rushing yards, but no, I mean – uh, I completely forgot that play does not count for reasons uh, we we don't want to get into. <laughs> um, but that that those were your running numbers. And by the way, Mahomes only ran one time in that game for eight yards. And Mahomes, I think you know, I, I know this team. What's been their bread and butter? Throwing the ball, even without Tyreek Hill last year, Mahomes had more yards than everybody. Uh, but this year, it, it just hasn't been there for the Chiefs. And Mahomes has recently been using his feet more. Um, taking advantage of open lanes and running, that's what you're supposed to do, Uh, especially when things are not there because it it hasn't been great for the Chiefs. Only ran twice last week, but did run for 41 yards, including that 28-yard run where he was so close to running and cracked his helmet open, which I still can't believe. Never seen that before. Um, Didn't see him do it much in the Cincinnati game. In the Raiders game, ran 10 times for 53 yards. Running that much is not ideal, but... If it helps you win at the end of the day, hey, um, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So uh, no problems trying to take advantage of that. But look, Isaiah Pacheco will be available for this one. That is going to be the big difference in this matchup. Uh, Pacheco is not available, and he is going to be uh, ready for this one. Unless something happens at practice, hopefully not. And that's the other thing I wanted to point out is the Chiefs got to have a good week of practice. Keep everyone healthy. Whatever weaknesses you have that you want to try to improve on and utilize in this game, work on that. Do what you got to do and then get ready. Yeah, it's going to be cold as hell. Guess what? It's cold in Kansas City right now. It is. It's freezing. You guys, you guys don't know this. Uh, anyone that watched the game already knows this. So all Kansas City has to do is just, just play their game. And I think what they did in that, cincinnati game and cincinnati did this too early on before the chiefs shut them down the rest of the game when it was 17-7 short passes running the ball nothing wrong with that and then once you wear out an opposing defense that those deep plays will come just catch the ball just catch the ball that's it um ball security is going to be huge for both teams uh If I'm not mistaken, I think Allen and Mahomes both have the same number of interceptions this year. Let me just pull that up to be uh, accurate with that one because um, the point I'm trying to make is both teams, they've been uh, kind of, you know, they've been turning the ball over a lot this year. Um, These are postseason numbers, not what I want. Uh, Bear with me one moment here because um, with both teams committing a lot of turnovers this year, it is going to come down to, uh, who takes care of the football the most? Uh, Josh Allen has 18. Mahomes has 14. Uh, oh, I, I, I mixed up Mahomes with Tua because, I because you know, of all the prep from last week, um, I, I guess I, m- I must have mixed um, Allen with Tua. So, Allen has 18 interceptions. That's the second most. If you're wondering who's first, it's Sam Howell. Um how many fumbles has Josh Allen lost? We can find that out real quickly as well. because And obviously, listen, I'm just doing this right away after the uh, Steelers game. We'll be doing a much more in-depth breakdown on Wednesday night's podcast, which, by the way, will be 7 o'clock Central Time on the Chiefs Zone. And if you miss the podcast live on Facebook and YouTube – then um, we will uh, have it archived for you right away on Apple and Spotify and all those other places where you can download and listen to podcasts. By the way, uh, before I forget real quickly, while I'm looking up this Josh Allen thing, uh, please subscribe to the chief zone YouTube page. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to start doing a lot of video content on there. Uh, We have all of our live shows on there as well. So if you prefer to um, listen to the podcast through YouTube, there's always that option, but um, ultimately Uh, uh, we are going to start doing a lot more video content on there. So please, if you haven't already, um, go to youtube.com slash at the Chief Zone, and we're going to start putting out a lot of video content on there, um, as well as the the Chief Zone's Instagram page. So uh, if you guys could give that a follow or subscribe, whatever they call it, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. By the way, uh, looking at Allen, he also had lost three fumbles this year. So he does have the most uh, turnovers committed this year, by anyone. And listen, obviously the Eagles run the tush push, brotherly show, whatever you want to call it, better than anyone else. But Allen does have 57 first downs through the ground. That is more than their running back, James Cook, uh, who rushed for more than 1,100 yards. Both Allen and Cook averaging 4.7 yards per run. Well, obviously, again, you know, when a quarterback scrambles, it's different than when a uh, running back does it. And th- I think it'd be higher if they didn't do the quarterback sneak or the tush push often with Allen Um, that brings down his average uh, a bit, but uh, in general, you know, he loves to run a lot. Uh, His longest run of the year is for 23 yards. And that is, uh, I mean, that's, that's a killer right there. You, you gotta have a quarterback spy in this game. Um, I I mean, Nick Bolton and Willie gay. I think those two guys and uh, Shirley drew tranquil as well. Those two are going to be very important for Kansas city's defense this year and trying to maintain Allen and not let him go off and have a monster game. That is, um, that is something, uh, that the chiefs need to be ready for. You love YouTube. Good. I I love that. You love YouTube. Yeah. We're going to be doing a lot of video content on the Facebook page, on the YouTube page, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, that is uh, one of the things I want to do more of this year. Um, obviously, you know, even, even going into the off season, um, we're going to be doing a lot of video content and then going into next season and, and so on and so forth, hopefully. So um, uh, I've been focusing a lot on, um, on the, uh, on the Facebook page. And I do want to definitely expand the podcast more. So yeah, please subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't done so already. Okay. Uh, as far as, you know, the, the game, I don't have a lot of other thoughts. I'll save them for Wednesday night. I'll just say this right now. Um, yeah, sure. The bills looked good, Uh, Got off to a great start in the first half, but um, they didn't really do much to capitalize in the second half. And part of me wonders if, if maybe Sean McDermott does that kind of thing to not put a lot on film and try to save it against Kansas City. And listen, I'd be willing to bet Andy Reid did the same thing because both the Dolphins and the Steelers were not big threats to their opponents for wild card weekend. I just look at the score. I know the, um, the Steelers that, I mean, it looks closer uh, when you look at it, but um, it's not as close as it looks. I mean, if, if you don't have that blocked field goal right there, right before halftime. Um, and even then, uh, yeah, sure. Pittsburgh was close a couple of times. Obviously had that red zone interception that he threw in the end zone. Uh, but still, you know, I mean, you can, you can just go off uh, how you did at the end of the day. So, Sorry about that. Um, so in general, I, I just think this um, this Buffalo team, yeah, they do a lot of good things on offense, but when they face a defense like Kansas City's, and I don't think they've ha- had a lot of challenges like that this year, Josh Allen's going to run into some trouble. Josh Allen is is going to have a difficult time in this football game. I am not watching the um, the Monday the uh, Monday Night game. Uh, I'm getting texts from people like. Because I'll, I'll text a few people during the game and talk about whatever game is on. Um, but I don't know what's going on in, in this game. It's 0-0. Zero to zero. Okay, it's only been a couple minutes. Um, I'm getting texts like the game is over. Well, almost as if like something some crazy things have happened. I do want to go back to the Pacheco thing one moment here. The Bills are 15th in running the ball or uh, run defense. So that right there to me, you know, average run defense right there and... You got a running back in Pacheco who loves to just loves these head-on collisions for whatever re- reason against defenders there. So that to me is very important. They've got to they've got to be better about that. Um, I think the Chiefs' defense will do what they've been doing all year long. I have no concerns there. The offense has got to play better, and I think they have been doing better um, the past couple of games. They've got to play their best game this Sunday, 100%. And listen, I'll just say this right now, and I'm not not a moral victories guy, but I I will say this. Given how the season has gone with the wide receivers and the offense, if the Chiefs reach the AFC title game, and, and again, don't get me wrong, Super Bowl is the standard, always, even right now with the offensive woes. If the Chiefs reach the AFC title game, I can't say I'd be upset if the Chiefs were to lose that game. I, I, I'll i probably still pick them to win and still expect them to win because of the defense if the Chiefs do advance, and I think they will. But given the issues and how much people love to pick apart the Chiefs' offense, if the Chiefs' offense reaches the AFC title game, if they are one of the last four teams in the NFL, if they're in the final four of the NFL this year, what does that say about the rest of the NFL? The fact that the Chiefs' offense is so bad— and that they become they're right now one of the final eight teams, and they can be one of the last four teams now. Yeah, a lot of you guys are talking about running the ball. That's um that's gonna be big. Yeah, Bills had some injuries in this one. Now we'll see how uh things turn out Wednesday. Wednesday, so because it's a Sunday game, we're gonna have a regular, you know, NFL week for the Chiefs where you have um you have uh, an off day Tuesday, so the Chiefs will not be practicing Tuesday. Uh, the coaches, for sure. I, I, listen, I think if you're a Chiefs coach, you should already be um, you should already be studying this um, this game and, and more. Uh, you have to be ready for both Houston and Buffalo. But I'm sure they spent more time focusing on Buffalo game film than they did on Houston game film because I mean it's the Steelers, um, not to not to uh, you know. Take any team lightly, but you, you also have to, you know, do your job and do it properly so you can be ready for uh for, for practice week. Yeah, no Peacock, no no Paramount Plus, no Peacock, none of that. I've had people ask, people are asking, is this week's game going to be on Peacock? No, <laughs> no, um, not the case. So you're good there, folks. You're going to be good there. Uh, Mary says, Farzine, these refs are missing a lot of calls this year. Yeah, this has been a really bad year for officiating. Okay, let me just say something, because... I said this last year and a lot of people criticized me for this. Why is it that this media uh, and listen, I I think, you know, I know we can spend a uh, we can spend hours talking about officiating, okay? We can also spend a lot of time talking about today's journalism in, in the world, specifically the United States, whenever Roger Goodell meets with the media, which is almost never. Um, it's like, you know, NFL owners meeting and Super Bowl week and the draft week and a couple other special events here and there. But yet he requires coaches and players to be available to the media every week, which makes no sense. So when you have all of these issues that come up every single week and the commissioner is nowhere to be found to answer for these these problems, um, you know, and then when it was time, To speak to Goodell, what does he say in the week of the Super Bowl uh, last year? He says, I think officiating is the best it's ever been. And now we have a lot of people. And listen, it's not just one or two fan bases. It is every single fan base. It's Kansas City. It is the Raiders. It is the Bengals fan base. It is the Chargers. Oh, no, wait. The Chargers don't have fans. Um, Every single fan base is complaining and bitching and moaning about officiating and Roger Goodell just sits in the back with his millions and millions, probably billions of dollars, and doesn't give a shit about anything. Um, he just sits there and defends the refs and says, oh, last year it was, oh, th- th- this is the best they've ever been. And now it's, oh, they have a tough job, which I, I agree it is a tough job. But um, ultimately, you, you're you the commissioner. Listen, we're in the year 2024, okay? Okay. With HD cameras and QLED and OLED quality picture and the PYLINE camera, which networks love to use for replays. All of these, you know, angles and cameras we have. This, I mean, it's far bigger than it was 30, 40 years ago, okay? And obviously, instant replay hasn't been around since the beginning of the sport. That's obviously been added. Uh, But with all these angles you have, if there are bad calls or missed calls, I think they need to be challengeable. I mean, you you have the referees in today's game, you know, th- they're unsure about a certain call and they're waiting on New York to get involved on certain things. Um, so can we, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's not a very difficult adjustment to make. It's really not, but the NFL doesn't want to do it. And listen, I'll just say this right now, because what, what's that saying? Um there's no such thing as bad publicity, something like that. Bad publicity is good publicity. Um, I think the NFL kind of uses that as its mantra behind closed doors because whenever, um, whatever the, uh, the the Canary's Tony thing happened, uh, and listen, that was, of course, a correct penalty, but with, um, with Von Miller, like, two plays later being offsides, not being called, that is a valid complaint there. And then uh, the situation in Detroit where you're not really sure who checked in, who did, or who thought they did, all these things. Um, I think the NFL thrives off that. They love that, you know, people complain about officiating. Even in that uh, AFC Championship game, when Bengals are fully convinced that there was a fifth down when there wasn't, and it was clearly explained why, but they don't want to ever look at the facts because that's just that fan base. Um, Even then, when there's no... Uh, focus on the clarification. The NFL loves that. They love the drama and everything that comes with that. Same thing with the holding call, whether you agree with it or not. Um, The NFL thrives off that shit. Uh, Yes. If the Texans do beat the, um, not the Steelers, the Ravens, and if the Chiefs beat the Bills, Oh, boy, you're going to be hearing a lot of people talk about how rigged the NFL is and how the Chiefs get to host their AFC uh, Arrowhead Invitational for a six-year in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Chiefs will. I think the Chiefs are going to go visit Baltimore. I'll just say that right now. I think the the Ravens-Texans game, that is going to be a better game than uh, Chiefs-Bills. Uh, I'll say that right now. Uh I agree with you, Robert. I wish they would allow penalty challenges. Listen, you can actually challenge a couple of penalties. If there is a 12th man on the field and if the referees miss it on the defense, you can challenge that. And there are like a couple of other weird things you can challenge on penalties. If that's the case, why can a holding call not be challenged? Why can a pass interference call not be challenged? Roughing of the passer. Um, or an illegal block in the back. Why can those things not be challenged? I, again, we're in the year 2024. We have all the uh, camera angles that the NFL loves to brag about, especially with their TV contracts. And part of the reason they have these big TV contracts is because of the quality and the amount of camera angles they have. Again, it's not like 30, it was 30, 40 years ago, but I don't know. Uh, the NFL prefers the drama that comes with it instead, because let's be honest, it does. it does have an impact. It absolutely does. By the way, let me just say this. There is a report from the New York Post that the NFL wants to have a stake in ESPN. I'm just going to say this right now. That might be one of the worst things we could have happen in this country. For a corporation to have control over a media entity, wow, you can control a lot of narratives right there. You absolutely can. Um, could you imagine? And I don't want to get too much into this because I know it's political and all, but could you imagine if the White House, regardless who the president is, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, they had uh they had control and authority over a media outlet? Wow. Um, that's not good. I mean, obviously the NFL is not as serious as politics, but that is not something I, I mean, that is that would be a horrible day. For the world of journalism, even though journalism has died quite a lot over the years, this would be a new low. I um that would not be a good thing whatsoever here. Uh, it is third and two for the Eagles. What are they gonna do? No AJ Brown on this one. Snap the damn ball. Come on. Oh, look at that pressure right there. Look at that throw. Yikes. Okay. Forcing them to punt bucks off to a good start so far. If they get a touchdown, man, um, this Eagles team has been trending in the wrong direction lately. Obviously for those of you listening to the, um, to the, um, to the uh, podcast version, you'll know the score by now. Yeah, I agree with you, Robert. If they can allow more of these, it'll, um, it'll make a difference. Uh, Listen, I've said this before, like allow everything to be challenged and still keep the same rules. You only get two challenges and you get a third. If the first two are correct, Um, and I've had people say, well, it's going to make games longer if they can challenge any play. Okay. But what do you want to do? You want to complain about how long games are, or do you want to complain about, you want to complain about bad and missed calls because everybody complains about bad and missed calls. Um, so you know it's a it's a very easy fix it very it really is, uh okay so those are my thoughts on Chiefs builds listen I don't know who's I I kind of hope Carl Cheffers is the referee I'll just say it right now I hope he is so let's have the rematch in Buffalo this time with the same referee and let's go win that shit let's go let's go win that uh real quickly before I leave. I did want to uh, I did want to bring this up because this was a huge deal during the Chiefs. uh, I'm sorry, during the Bills and Steelers game. Willie Gay. Now let me just be clear. Willie Gay put out a uh, a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, and um, I guess there was there were a lot of people questioning, including me, whether or not that was really Willie Gay who tweeted because the account was created in December, a a month ago. And it only has like 1,000 followers. I'm sure it has more followers now because of the tweet he put out that has a lot of people talking. Um, But anyway, uh, according to Charles Goldman, it is indeed him. And I think a lot of people think it is him because the Chiefs follow him. And so do a a couple of players on the team. So people, so, uh, people pretty much think it is him. But during the game, he wrote out a post saying, it's looking like I've played probably my last game in Arrowhead. Obviously, he's referring to the Bills beating the Steelers and how it's very unlikely that the Ravens lose to the Texans. Uh, Damn, I'm going to miss that place. Nothing like it. Let's go get this ring to end it the right way. So he's saying he's played his last game in Arrowhead. And I think Chris Jones has even kind of alluded saying, uh, he said in his press conference that this might be uh, the Dolphins game is probably his last game at Arrowhead. Um, I think a lot of people are aware of the Chris Jones thing. Um, he's going to he's gonna cost you a lot. Nobody wants Chris Jones gone, but he's going to cost you a damn lot. Willie Gay has played really very good football for the Chiefs defense. Um, and I think a very underrated linebacker in the NFL who for sure is if teams do their homework, they're gonna be willing to pay a linebacker like Willie Gay and give him a three, four, maybe five year deal, which he is very more uh, than deserving of. Um, but I if that really is Willie Gay who 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 posted this, why would you do this during the week? because here's what happens. Um, you and I understand players are emotional and they say certain things. Uh, but here's what happens. You say this, and then what happens? Andy Reid is going to be asked about it. Some of the defensive players are going to be asked about it this week. You put your entire team, including your coaches, and I'll even add these people, the ones that we don't ever talk about, your public relations department. They now have to come up with a strategy as to how you're going to respond to these questions because you know damn well that Andy Reid is going to be asked about this. And you know damn well that... Whenever the Chiefs media gets an opportunity to go visit the Chiefs locker room on Thursday, they will look for Willie Gay and they will probably look for Chris Jones and a couple of other defensive players and ask them about that tweet or maybe ask them about, uh, you know, could this be your last year? Could this be your last year? It's like you don't ever want to you don't ever want to have that conversation specifically when you're getting ready for your biggest game of the year. I mean, this is going to be a huge rematch. We all know that. We, we just got, went over it for about 30 minutes. But to bring that up, yeah, a lot of you guys are saying distraction. Yeah, to bring that up now, uh, I get it. Like, he wanted to maybe say goodbye because he didn't maybe have a proper goodbye Saturday. Um, and it, look, it is sad to think about the fact that guys like Willie Gay and Chris Jones, um, and maybe even MVS might play their last game. Listen, I know MVS is not loved right now, but this guy was uh, he was a big, he was a hero in the AFC Championship game last year, which by the way, they replayed yesterday because CBS had nothing to air from 12 to 3. So they chose their, they chose to air last year's AFC Championship game, which was a lot of fun to watch. And my god, it, it was pretty cool watching MVS catch passes. Um, you know, th- there might be some guys that might have played their last game as a chief. I know there's been speculation on Kelsey. He kind of shut that down last week, but you still never know at the end of the day. Um, there's a lot to uh, to get into. Chris says he's going to cost too much. Sneed should be a bigger priority. A shutdown corner is rare. Jones money can be used on a wide receiver. Yes. Okay. So let me, um, l- this is just off the top of my head here, but I will just say this right now. Priority number one during training camp, I said priority number one needs to be extending um, extending Nick Bolton and the two offensive linemen, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Those three guys you drafted in 2021 outside of the first round. And I'll get to why that's important in a minute for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, they're all going to be entering the final year of their contracts. So they're all eligible for new deals. Um with Nick Bolton's injury, could, could the Chiefs maybe just stick with him for his last, last year on that rookie deal? Maybe. But uh, guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, who have been awesome since day one, um, both of them were drafted outside of the first round, as I mentioned a moment ago. So... They're not making as much money. Listen, first-round draft picks aren't making a lot of money either, but they're making more than second-round picks and sixth-round picks, which uh, Bolton and Humphrey were second-round picks, and Trey Smith uh, was a sixth-round pick. So those guys 100% not only want new deals, they're going to want a lot of money. And you're going to have to, as, as Chris kind of alluded to, you're going to either have to just let Chris Jones walk or, or maybe someone also mentioned earlier franchise. Yeah, Tony said franchise Jones and trade him. Those are your options. Um, look, again, nobody wants Chris Jones gone. I I do not want to see the day when Chris Jones is wearing another team's jersey. That will be a very shitty day as the Bucks are up 10-0. Speaking of shitty days for the Eagles right now, at least. Um, no one wants to see that day. But the NFL is a business. There is a salary cap. The salary cap is a real thing for sure. Legarious Seed is gonna is gonna cost you a pretty penny. Create Humphrey will. Trey Smith will Nick Bolton will. You're gonna have to probably let Chris Jones walk. Trade him if you can, franchise him and trade him if you can. Get something good from him. Marquez Valdez Scantling is probably gonna have to be a cap casualty cut, and I don't think anyone's gonna lose sleep over that. And I'm sure the Chiefs will attempt to restructure Jawan Taylor's contract. I don't think he'll agree to it because you want the money. Okay, anyone would. Um, Joey says, I think th- uh, they let Smith walk if he wants to too much. They drafted O line a lot late rounds in past few years. Yeah, Joey, but it, by the way, they won't let him walk this off season because he still has one more year left in his rookie deal, but they're going to be eligible for new deals is what I'm going to is What is what I'm trying to say? Um, I don't know if I agree with, um, I don't know if I agree with letting him walk. I just listen. I know what you're saying. Look, the chiefs have had great luck drafting interior offensive linemen. Um, Rodney Hudson, Mitch Morse, uh, Creed Humphrey. I mean, th- they've been hitting home runs in the second round each time. But you're not going to get lucky every single time. As much as I believe in the Chiefs scouting department, which Brett Veach has been a part of for many years and now is general manager, you're not going to hit every single time. It's, it's, it's just you don't get always that lucky. As much as I've been saying Brett Veach, I know, I know the wide receivers have him been good. But as much as he has drafted very well, like you will... Have unlucky drafts at times. You will, so that's my biggest concern there. I you you don't let a guy like Trey Smith walk in that game against Miami, the playoff game, the very like first or second snap, he's already mauling dudes. I I, I would rather get hit by a train than get hit by Trey Smith. Um, I would rather be with Trey Smith than be against Trey Smith. Uh, same goes for Creed Humphrey. And Joe Tooney, I know Joe Tooney, they've restructured his deal a couple of times, but, man, um, I hope hope they can keep all of them. Because, look, priority number one should always be protecting your franchise quarterback. If you do not have an offensive line, Patrick Mahomes is useless. Super Bowl 55 proved that. And I'm not saying Mahomes was terrible in that game. I thought he did everything possible to put the team in position to win. But running for your life the entire time, uh, I mean, it just it just hurt the Chiefs. I, I Robert, I'd, I'd as much as I would love that. Any anyone would to get Marvin Harrison Jr. trading Chris Jones to move up. I don't think um, a team is going to trade for a for a guy a defensive tackle in his early thirties might be very difficult to uh, to pull off. There, um, I will say this: if the Chiefs can get just a first round draft pick for Chris Jones, do it. I don't need a big overhaul like the Tyree kill trade. If you can get a first round draft pick. Cool. If there's another team willing to offer like a second and maybe a third. Okay. Worth considering, but I'll take the first over the second and third. Um, the Chiefs have options this year. There are ways. And by the way, some people mentioning uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract. Look, I've been saying this for several weeks now. Every quarterback, whether you have won two MVPs and two Super Bowls or whether you are overpaid and you always get injured and you've never won a Super Bowl in your are ringless, um, all these quarterbacks are overpaid. Uh, Daniel Jones is overpaid. I don't know why. Lamar Jackson is 1-3 or 1-4 in, in the playoffs. He is damn well overpaid. Um, a lot of these guys are overpaid. A lot of them. Okay. A lot of guys are overpaid, including Mahomes. At least with Mahomes, yeah, sure he's he's won you two Super Bowls, but he's also overpaid. Man, um, these quarterback contracts are getting way out of hand. I don't blame running backs for being pissed one bit. Yeah, I would be pissed off too. You're um, you're you're over here, you know, not getting the money you want. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert, who has yet to win a playoff game, just hit the bank. And then every—what was it in the offseason? Like, every couple of weeks, there was, like, a new high, highest-paid quarterback. And who knows what will happen uh, in the next couple of years. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the Chiefs definitely have some things to think about this. I will say this. I think that this offseason will be Brett Veach's toughest offseason because I think you're going to have to make some difficult decisions. You're going to have to make some cap cuts, cap casualty cuts. Uh, you're going to need to attempt to restructure Joan Taylor's contract. You're going to have to do some things. Um you're going to have to do a lot of things to try to um, to try to to try to f- keep this football team intact. Because this defense, as great as it's been, and how much <laughs> they've helped the offense, you got to keep that off- uh, defensive unit together. Um, I think it's fair to say the Chiefs are going to be very well focused on a heavy loaded offensive draft and also um, uh, in free agency, targeting a lot of offensive players. They've got options this year. This is a very good. Um, this is a very good uh, year to um, go after offensive players. So the Chiefs definitely um, can uh, can make some fixes this offseason, season for sure. So we'll have to see about that. Peyton Manning just said he was bringing Snead to the Pro Bowl as his coach's pick. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think that. Ca- I mean, yeah, sure, you're an alternate, but I don't think that will count. As, um, as like an actual Pro Bowl in your resume, I could be wrong. Some people do, some don't. Um, but I don't know, that's not anything I care about too much. Uh, Alon is asking, so is Willie Gay leaving? Uh, supposedly, um, that's kind of the direction he's leaning towards. My guess is his agent has been in contact with the Chiefs and they just are being realistic and honest and understanding that the chiefs need to focus elsewhere. And they're trying to retain other guys that might cost a lot. If, if Willie gay is saying this, which I don't like the timing of it, but it kind of tells me in a sense, like I just, I just have this hunch that it probably points towards the chiefs being in active conversations with Lejarius Sneeds agent. That is huge. Um, again, that's, a, that's just what I think I'd like to think that's an educated guess. So we will, we will see Oh, that goes right off the hands of, uh, of that tight end right there, man. Look at, look at Jalen hurts face. He is not happy. Um, I don't know what the hell happened. Was that a turnover on down or what? Oh, they punted. Okay. Wow. Um, this Eagles team, man. That's a rematch I would love right now. Chiefs Eagles. Um, but no, that's not how football works. All right, guys. I am out of here. Vasugi in here. Thank you for taking the time to watch this live podcast on a Monday. We hardly do podcasts on Monday. So thank you, guys. For tuning in while football while the playoff game is on, you guys are awesome. You guys are the best. You really are. Uh, if you missed any part of the podcast uh, of the live show, you can listen to the archive podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else. You can download and listen to podcasts. Uh, one last thing before I go, uh, I mentioned this earlier. So if you're coming in late and you didn't hear me uh, at the beginning, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is YouTube.com/slash/at the Chief Zone. If you listen to the podcast version, I actually have a link of it in the um, in the podcast description. So please look for that and subscribe because we're going to start doing a lot of video content on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube. Um, and obviously, in order to do all of this, we're going to need a lot of a um, lot of viewers. Otherwise, these uh, these videos are kind of pointless. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel again. YouTube.com/slash/at the zone All right, guys. Uh, again, thank you for a, a good night of interactions here on kind of a... So, uh, it was a pop-up podcast, so uh, greatly appreciate all of you guys. Okay, guys. I'm out of here. I will talk to you guys live Wednesday, 7 Central. Chiefs, build, preview, and prediction. Talk to you all then. Take care.